Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In many of the countries of the world, Iran specifically, God is appearing to people in Iran by dreams and visions. Supernaturally. I'm not talking weird stuff. I'm talking supernatural, actual dreams and visions. And saying to them, I'm God. Somebody's going to come by. I just heard one the other day. In other words, validated. Somebody's going to come by, give you some Bibles, whatever. And exactly that happened. They didn't know anything about the God. But God is revealing. He wants everyone to know Him. You know, when Adam and Eve decided to rebel against God and go his own way, God could have said, fine, you'll get what you've got coming to you, and left mankind to the consequences of their sin. But he didn't. He found another person to follow him, Abraham, and gave mankind another chance. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about how God went another step and gave people a way to himself that was better than the Mosaic law and more permanent through his son, Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Jeremiah chapter 31 as he continues his message, Christ's new covenant is better. anybody becomes a Christian is by faith. Old Testament, New Testament. Remember, Abraham believed and it was counted unto him what? Righteousness. Now, Jeremiah 31, verse 31. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a, circle this in your Bible, a new covenant, and you'll remember this night, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, this is very interesting. Just stop for a moment. I won't take long. All of those people that say, well, God's through with Israel. He's through with Judah. Well, who is he making the covenant for? (laughs) This is still his people. The house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time. I will put, there's a promise. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They'll be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Now notice all the eyes. Do you see all the eyes? See, this is different than the first covenant. The old covenant 
was based on man's faithfulness to God. And that's why he failed over and over and over again. The new covenant would be based on the faithfulness of God, not the faithfulness of man. And because of that, God knew we would still fail, so he provides us what? John 1.9. If I confess my sins, he, he, he is faithful to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So Old Testament, based on the faithfulness of man to God, trying to keep the law, trying to be good enough. The New Covenant, based on the faithfulness of God. Now, turn back to Hebrews chapter 8, and we'll read the same verses. This is the longest Old Testament quotation in the New Testament. Again, 66 books, 40 plus authors, all work together because there is really one author, and that's God, the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 8. We'll get to these in a moment. But God found fault with the people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. Now, here we come into four betters. Four betters. Say it with me tonight. Mo better. Mo better. It's mo better. So here we go. Number one, you can write it down. Better, mo better, because it's inward. It's of the heart. Look in verse 10. This is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel at that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and write them on their hearts. See, instead of condemnation and fear, God would put his laws, his laws of grace, in the very heart of man. Everything with man centers on our heart. Life revolves around the decision-making that's done in our heart. And as that has changed, we discover something. When God comes and changes my heart, now no longer do I have to obey God. But now there's a great way to be thankful to God. And as because he's forgiven me and he's put his laws in my heart, I'm grateful to him. So no longer do I obey God because I have to. But now I obey God because I want to. That's a very Huge difference. Did you pay your tithes? Do I have to? Did you sign up to go put your finger as your wife wraps the gift? Do I have to? No, that's the Old Testament. You go because you get to. You get the privilege. Why? You didn't deserve what you have. You didn't deserve God coming in your heart. I didn't deserve God coming in my heart, but he did. So it's out of thankfulness that we do this. This thankfulness, you know, I can only talk about thankfulness on Thanksgiving. No, we should be thankful what? Give thanks in everything, 24-7. So when God comes into me, he changes my heart. The Bible says he actually changes my wanter. Now, I still have a little trouble because I'm still selfish. So I have to battle that. But he changes my wonder. The other thing that I think is very important here is this. 
When God comes into me, I now have, we don't have time to get into it, I now have the ability to say what? No to sin. Before I didn't. I have the ability now because God lives in me. And we'll talk about that when we talk about our conscience. So when God comes into me, he'll say to me, no. Remember, we talked about the same thing happens to you. You go home, pop on the TV, and you surf channels all over the place. Some of you probably have to have surgery on this thumb at some point. And you get to this channel, and you go, ooh, ooh. Now, the old man's going to go what? Well, let's see where this goes. The old woman, same thing. doesn't matter what program it is. And your conscience says, this is not where you need to be. Okay, now I have God in me. He gives me the power to change it. By the way, God doesn't come down and change it. I have to do what? Change it. And that's the danger for many men and women who travel. When they travel, they're in a hotel room by themselves, and they have this mentality. Nobody's here. Well, their husband isn't there. Their wife isn't there. Is there anybody with them in that hotel room? Yes, God is. By the way, he's speaking to them, but they think they're alone. And we deceive what? Ourselves. And so... When I become a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit in me. God lives in me. It's better. It's inward. It's huge. Look at Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed their passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In other words, now that I have God living in me, I'm just to keep in step with the Spirit. When he says, stop, don't look, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do this, offer this, be kind, be forgiving, I just keep in step with the Spirit. Before, I didn't have the power to do that. I could do it some, but most of the time I couldn't do it. Now I have the power of God in me to help me do that. So, that's Mo Betta. Isn't that Mo Betta? That's definitely Mo Betta. Now, by the word belong, belong, notice, notice, I will be their God and they will be my people. Last part of verse 10. I will be their God and they will be my people. That word belong kind of gives us this personal relationship. It's something that brings us the next mobeta. Here it is, number two. Better. Intimate, personal relationship. I will be their God and they will be my people. Well, that was true in the Old Testament. God said, I'll be your God, you can be my people. But there was never a nearness of the people to God. They couldn't go to God. Only the high priest went to God once a year. The other people couldn't go. Listen to William MacDonald again. The people were never able to go into the presence of God in the most holy place. This enforced distance between God and man was a constant reminder that the sin question was not settled once and for all. That's a great picture. See, they couldn't go. The sin thing just wasn't settled. So under the new covenant, that's all changed. There now is an intimate personal relationship. See, in the Old Testament, the only way a person could get to God was through an intermediary, another human, a priest. But notice what 1 Peter 2.9 says, New Covenant. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So what about me now? Every Christ follower, I'm a priest. 
Every Christ follower is now a priest who has access to God through prayer. And of course, it's through Jesus Christ. So I have access. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I have a personal relationship with God. No person, Moses, Abraham, had God living in them. We have something incredible. God, our creator, our savior living in us. Number three, better, inclusive. Everyone can know God. Read with me verse 11. You can copy that as you're doing that. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Remember, knowing God is very different than knowing about God. They, in the Old Testament, knew about God. Very few of those individuals really knew God. Very few of them. Most Jews, again, wouldn't understand what we've gone through. Every Christ follower can know God personally, intimately. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said, if you obey me, and John, then the Father and I will come in and live in you. That's a relationship. I get to know that person in me. Not about me, but he actually lives in me. And I become like him. Now notice the word everyone. What does the word everyone mean? Well, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, man, woman, adult, child. Inclusive. God wants everyone to know him. And he'll allow the Holy Spirit to reveal him. God wants every person to know how to live this life so to please him. There isn't a person that you can look at and say, God doesn't care about them. No, he cares about everybody. That's why we learned this week, the last thing that's going to happen in the tribulation that's going to bring the second coming is the good news is going to be preached to who? Everyone in all the world. Why? Because that's the heart of God. Everyone can know God. I go to India. I don't go too much to the outlying places anymore, but I remember going to the outlying places. And I remember teaching one night. This big revival and all the people are there. And after I taught, I talked to Brother KP. And he said, you know, the majority of these people you talked to tonight, hundreds and hundreds of people, they can't read or write. And I thought about that for a moment. And then I remembered that the Holy Spirit goes right past reading and writing. He goes right to their heart. You know, some of those people could be way better Christians than you and I. Because the God can reveal himself to him. He does. He absolutely reveals. And we're getting report after report continues to this day. In many of the countries of the world, Iran specifically, God is appearing to people in Iran by dreams and visions. Supernaturally. I'm not talking weird stuff. I'm talking supernatural, actual dreams and visions. And saying to them, I'm God. Somebody's going to come by. I just heard one the other day, another word, validated. Somebody's going to come by, give you some Bibles, whatever, and exactly that happened. They didn't know anything about the God, but God is revealing. He wants everyone to know him. And I believe there is a hunger in men and women to know God. You know, your neighbor who won't come to church with you needs to know God. Here's our last Mobeta. Number four, forgiveness is complete. Pastor Dave did a great job when he talked about this with this little illustration. Is that your sketch? 
Look at verse 12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3, would you quickly? See, under the law, there was no real forgiveness. Sins were temporarily covered. The in and out practice, day in, day out, of animal sacrifice continued until Jesus came. Romans 3.20 Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. No one could ever be right with God by observing the law. Why? Because they couldn't observe it. They couldn't keep it. Through the law, we become conscious of sin. In other words, it aroused sin again. So when people would do their sacrifices, they knew it was temporary. It wasn't a remission. It was covered. It was temporary. When Jesus came, it was different. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace, that's the way, only way I'm righteous, and truth came from Jesus Christ. Now back to Hebrews 8.13. Here's that which we started with. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. If you're over 60, that verse is for you. No, I'm just kidding. So, what does this mean? Why the word obsolete? Well, it was always supposed to be temporary. By the way, I am joking a little bit, but what I just said to you is very true. You know, what we live in is a tent. The tent's obsolete, shortly. How many of you have a little leaky in the tent? Mm -hmm. Try to get out in the morning, and it's quite an effort sometimes, isn't it? (sniffs) Hurt all over the place. Well, that's because this is what? Temporary. This is just temporary. We're going to get a new one. Praise God. It's coming. It's going to be obsolete. Okay? You can do whatever you want here. Go ahead and spend all your money, whatever, but it's temporary. It's going away. Now look at 2 Corinthians just quickly. If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Paul just said the old was good. We already know it was good. But it could never make us right with God. So the new is much more glorious. Mobeta is my terminology, okay? Now, who's the mediator? In the Old Testament, we just kept changing mediators. 1 Timothy 2.5. Very important for you to understand this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man and men, the man, Christ Jesus. You might come from another church that says, no, there's somebody else you have to go through. No, no more. Finished. Over. Mobeta, Jesus. Jesus. Now, that means to me, there is no condemnation. Let me just say this to you. Well, turn to Romans 8. You need to understand this and be challenged with it. Because this is where the enemy loves to get us defeated. There isn't a person in this room that keeps 
the moral laws of God perfect. And the enemy loves to condemn us. And there's a huge difference between condemnation and conviction. If you always feel that you can't do enough and you're not doing enough, you're not reading your Bible enough, you're not witnessing enough, you're not sharing enough, you know, whatever. Always, that's all condemnation from Satan. Not enough, not enough, more, 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 work, 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 work. Conviction is, you know the way you just spoke to your wife today? That was wrong. You know how you gossiped about that person today? That was wrong. See, that specific goes right to my heart. I go, whoops, that's me. Especially you know that's God when you go, man, you didn't want to make an excuse. Nope, and he knows. Got it. That's not condemnation. That's conviction. And when I'm convicted, I need to forgive myself. Ask God to forgive me. God, you're right. I did it wrong. Spoke to my wife. Did that thing at the office. Gossip about that person. Looked over there. You're exactly right. But when it's like this, you don't pray enough. Shame on you. God doesn't really approach. You can't approach God. You're not good enough to do it. No, that's condemnation. So Romans 8, look at it. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, that's the new covenant, the law of the Spirit, of life, set me free from the law of sin and death. Old covenant, sin and death. New covenant, law of the Spirit, has set me free. I'm free. So this word you want to write is this. The promised forgiveness brings the promised freedom. Jeremiah said, God's going to write in your heart a new law. And it's going to be internal. It's going to be on your heart. And God's going to live in you. And your sins will be remembered no more. More better. Freedom comes from that. Freedom. Now, how did that happen? Well, because Jesus in Matthew 5.17 said, I came not to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. He kept the law perfectly. So he came down to earth, filled all the requirements of the law. Then, Romans 10, verse 4. This is a beautiful picture. This is our ending verse tonight. Look what it says. Christ is the end of the law. So there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Finished. End of the law. Done. Over. I can be right with God by simply believing. Maybe you're here trying to be good enough, and you've never been good enough. You can't be good enough. Satan's condemned you. You can be right with God. You can be free. You can have your sins forgiven. You heard today how important faith has always been from the time of Abraham until now. Pastor Mark taught today that faith is required for you to please God. You learned how religious activities are totally unable to please God and how faith is the key. Trusting God for your redemption and salvation is the only way you can be in right standing with God. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
all campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This brings Pastor Mark's teaching, Christ's New Covenant is Better, to an end. Next time, he'll begin a new message called The New Covenant and Conscience. You'll hear about God's placing in every person a conscience, which can help you figure out right from wrong. You'll also learn about the shortcomings of your conscience and why you need God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.